When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football Friday, Eagles fans. And it is actually a football Friday. I know we're months away from the Eagles actually playing a game, but there is a lot of Eagle news today that we'll be breaking down for you. Your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, here to hang with you for the next two hours. And yes, Johnny Mac, you had work to do yesterday. Eagles make both Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman available. You knew it was going to be draft talk, but the coaching staff, Finally finalized. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. That's a funny story, Jody. Understood. And if you want to tell it, please feel free. Uh, yes, the Eagles are trending toward hiring Matt Patricia, but Adam Schefter, who I guess runs all 32 NFL teams, uh, announced after afterwards it was a done deal that Matt Patricia is going to be part of the Eagles staff. Yeah, we knew that they had interest in him. Uh, how many months ago? Two months ago? It yeah. was a bigger story, and then it kind of floated away when he wasn't a it was, uh, it, it, Yeah, it was about him being the linebackers coach, um, you know, which would have been a significant step down for him. Uh, and ultimately, they hired DJ Elliott, and uh, now he gets a bigger title as senior defensive assistant. That's it. So there's a couple stories. I love the titles, by the way, Jody. I, I just love them. 
Are you a Cheers fan? I always tell that. Sure. Uh, the old show. There was a great Cheers episode where all all the employees were disgruntled, and uh, it was the Rebecca years for those people who okay. like Cheers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Rebecca didn't have any money to give anybody raises, so she gave everybody titles, and they were happy. They were, you know, you know, Rhea Perlman was like executive director of of, of waitresses, and <laughs> you know, she gave them all these. The titles and everybody was thrilled with it. That's what I think of the NFL. What I see, Kevin Petullo is now associate head coach, yeah. not assistant, it, right? Associate head coach. And uh, but anyway, and, and oh, by the way, just let me quickly interject. Nick didn't even try and come up with a, a the smallest change of responsibilities no, to explain that. All he did exact was change job. his title to say, "Hey, I wanted to put his name on the press release so everybody acknowledges how good a job he is." But otherwise, he's doing the exact same job yeah. he used to do. Yeah, he probably got a couple extra bucks as well. Okay, good with, for him. You know, and that so that has. part differs from uh, unlike years they're going to get raises. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah. So that part's a little bit different, but the titles make me smile all the time. And but uh, yeah, Matt Patricia. What the, the funny part is, so. Let me let me paint the, this picture for you. They they announce as the Eagles do uh, these days. They announce everything on Twitter. Uh, that's another story we got to get into, but that uh, that's down the road. Um, so they announce the coaching staff on Twitter, and we're saying, eh, "That's interesting." Kevin Petullo, associate head coach, DK McDonald. We didn't know who the defensive backs coach was going to be. Right. Was it going to be Tabor Johnson, the new guy, or or DK was going to get the promotion? So DK DK got the promotion. Tabor Johnson's the assistant. Um, the new Nichols coach we knew about. Um, so anyway, and and so the Eagles have a media house where we all work, and we all, uh, you know, those of us who are there all the time have our little cubicles and. My cubicle is on the end, and Martin Frank's right next to me, my buddy, and Tim McManus is right ne the next chair over. And Tim and I are uh, talking at the website. <laughs> you know, you go to the website, you get the background for these guys, and bang, there's Matt Patricia, <laughs> on the website, on the Eagles' website. And, uh, he wasn't announced with the coaches. And then we're, we're telling the other reporters, you know, hey, Matt Patricia's Matt on Patricia. the website. Um, and then they try to get to the website, and it's off. There's oh, really? no more Matt Patricia. Now, luckily, Tim got a, a screenshot of it. So he was up. Now, he's only up there for multiple seconds, and we happened to stumble upon it. So I immediately texted somebody from the Eagles and said, why aren't you announcing Patricia? And the, the response I got back was, where'd you get that? <laughs> Matt, Matt who? You yeah. didn't get a Matt who? Where'd you get that? I said, I was, I said, your website. Um, and, and so the, the whole pre-draft, and this was right before the, the pre-draft press conference. So, you know, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni are expecting to go up there to get the, the draft questions. And, you know, everybody's like, hey, did you hire Matt Patricia? Did you? So anyway, it was just a, a, a funny story. 
um, why the Eagles are, you know, whether the deal wasn't completely buttoned up and published the wrong web webpage, he's going to be here. Uh, but the most interesting part is Darius Slay. I mean, Darius Slay does not like uh, Matt Patricia from their time together in Detroit. And yeah, he's not shy about it. So it's kind of a bold move by Nick. And in some ways I give him credit for it um, because it shows, you know, it it shows he's comfortable in his own skin. It shows he, you know, he's going to do what he thinks is best for the team. It shows he's competent. He can manage personalities, all that kind of stuff. But it is, it is kind of a bold move because I don't, you know, I don't think they need him. They're creating a title for him. Um, now he thinks he can help him improve the team, and we'll see. Um, but you know, so from that perspective, I I applaud Nick. Um, but it is, you know, and look from Matt's perspective, I'm sure you know he's been coaching for a long time. I'm sure he's had players, and he's kind of a gruff guy, and people have seen him. I'm sure he's got a bunch of players who didn't like him. And you got to get over that stuff if you're a coach. I don't think it's going to be a problem from his perspective. We'll see about Slay. I think he'll get over it as well. You know, but it's, you know, if you had him as linebackers coach, Jody, they're not going to meet. You know, he's going to meet with the linebackers. Yeah, he'll be in with the, you know, when the whole defense meets, when the whole team meets and all that kind of stuff. But there's not that much one-on-one connection. In theory, now he's a senior defensive assistant in theory, he's going to be involved with the whole defense, not on a day-to-day working with a position group. Who knows? But Nick is confident that he can navigate those waters, so to speak. And to me, that's key. This is a Nick Sirianni hire. And we've seen since uh, shoot, since basically Nick took over, we don't know about the first staff that they put together. It seemed like... Uh, Nick had a lot to do and say with it that were crossover guys who had worked for him. And then we find out after the fact, oh, no, the Eagles had hired him before they ever hired Sirianni. Both of the two coordinators were Harry Roseman hires. But ever since, it seems like Nick has been the guy who's basically handpicked his staff. So this is his decision. So I completely believe going in that he talked this down between both two guys. Oh, yeah. Well, he said he got asked that and he said, yeah, he's talked to Slay. Yeah, I mean, you got to do that. uh, You know, I I would be shocked if he hired Matt Patricia and did not talk to Darius Slay. Uh, And he already said he got asked about that later in the press conference and said, yeah, we've we've talked about it. So presumably he's comfortable with it. uh, And but, you know. And anytime we we we've been around long enough, Jody, to see personalities clash and 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 ruin team seasons. Yeah, there's always a, a little concern. Um, so, you know, I think it, as I said, I I I frame it as a positive that Nick's comfortable with his ability to sort of manage people. I think that's a positive. Uh, other than going the other way and playing it safe and saying, well, I think this guy can help my team, but I'm not going to hire him because I don't want to upset one of my star players. I I don't think that's a way you can run your team. No, and I think we see that right here, right now with Nick Sirianni and this hire. 
And maybe I'm looking at this through eagle-colored glasses. I've uh, had uh, guys on ask questions of guys who, who've been on staffs with Matt Patricia. He's a bit of a uh, disciplinarian. Uh, and when he's in a position of power, then, yeah, he likes to flex his muscles. He likes to challenge guys. He likes to get in guys' kitchens. How much of a position of power is he truly in here? He's, yeah, uh, well, that's Nick, Nick talked about him and said it's someone for me to lean on and his experience, but he didn't really give us a breakdown, didn't expect him to, as to what the responsibilities are going to be for Matt Patricia. Uh, is he going to be in a position where he's going to be lecturing? He's going to be directly no, involved no. with Slay? I would doubt that either. No, no, yeah, and we don't know, and we'll, yeah, we'll flesh that out later. I mean, we also. I mean, I want to know the connection, like, like where, where's the connection? Why did you gravitate now? They're both New York guys. I'm, you know, I'm sure they've come across each other. Um, the connection's a big part of it. And, and then you're right. I mean, generally you look around the league and everybody's doing this stuff with, you know, senior defensive advisors and they're generally, sometimes they're not even in the building. You know, or or the Eagles did it with Jim Bob Cooter a couple years ago, uh, just showed up one day as a senior offensive consultant or whatever, and he was doing special projects and he was kind of off to the side. So you're right. I mean, Sean Desai is going to be running the defensive meetings and and, and DK McDonald's going to be running the, the secondary meetings. Um, and And he's going to be off to the side, probably helping with, you know, advanced scouting, probably helping with game planning. Um, similar to when they brought in Marcus Brady, you know, Marcus is now the senior offensive assistant, you know, it's so he's setting it up similar and they're probably, you know, just sounding boards more than, more than anything else is, is generally how those things shake out. And we'll see. We won't know till uh, they actually start. Well, are you, how much time do you get? Next week, the Eagles are actually going to have uh, some off-season workouts. Are you going to have access to it? Are you gonna, and, and, oh, by the way, they can do something in the last week of April that they're going to do completely different come June, July, August, and all the way through the season. How much uh, time do you guys get next week? No, we're, I mean, there's nothing to watch on in phase one. Phase one is strength and conditioning. Unless you want to watch a bunch of guys lifting weights, lifting weights. and rehab and, uh, and, 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 you know, you can meet. Um, obviously, we're not going to be involved with that. Uh, the the off-field stuff, the on-field stuff doesn't start till later in May. And that's where we'll get it. We'll probably get a couple players to, to interview. Maybe Slay's one of them. He's typically, yeah. you know, one of the go-to guys. Um, you know, Jalen's going to talk next week. Um, obviously, uh, when he puts pen to paper, uh, officially. Um, so some of the bigger name players, I, I assume, will be available. And uh, obviously, the draft uh, will get to meet all the new players. But yeah, the all on-field stuff doesn't start till May. I can look up the dates in the break, but uh, that that first phase of off-season work is just 
strength and conditioning getting, rehab stuff like getting that. back into the building for those who haven't been got it all right anything else from the coaching hires you mentioned uh mcdonald got the db coach which we didn't know if he's going to be uh promoted to it good on him uh my brother from another brother dk mcdonald um anything else jump out at you as far as moving guys around promotions i don't think there was anything really unexpected was there other than Kevin Petulo, everything else was reported. Um, uh, I knew Tyler Scudder was uh, going to get a promotion. Nick had mentioned that before. It turned out to be assistant linebackers coach. Um, uh, Alex Tanney, we already knew, was going to be the quarterback's coach. So that's a big one. So, uh, uh, And as I mentioned, Tabor Johnson, Ronell Williams, uh, that was reported a couple of weeks ago was going to be their first uh, slot coach, just slot specific. So, right. you know, the staff is expanding. They, they had to get a new quality control coach um, that came out. I think last week it was going to be Mike D'Angelo. Um, but uh, no, most, most of the stuff was in place. The only, well, the big surprise is Matt Patricia, the only, the, the only things we learned yesterday was Kevin's new title, um, associate head coach, adding to passing game coordinator. We didn't know if Tabor was going to be the, the secondary coach and DK would stay the assistant. But, you know, DK's been here long enough, so uh, that makes some sense that he gets the promotion and, and Tabor comes in as the assistant. And then, as I mentioned, Scudder, Nick had mentioned he was going to promote him, but nobody knew exactly where to where. So um, assistant linebackers. Right. And the biggest part of the coaching staff, let's be honest, wasn't really touched on yesterday. It's going to be the two guys who are coming in as the two new coordinators. And can they fill the shoes of the two departed head coaches now of the Indianapolis Colts and the Arizona Cardinals? We won't know. We go, we're going to have to let uh, – they, they can talk a good game. They can uh, be good to the media guys. They can come in, be gruff, and be uh, knuckleheads. It doesn't matter till Sunday start in September, and we'll see if they can do as good a job as the guys they're replacing. All right, E. John McMahon, I'm Jody McDonald. We are planning on talking draft all day today, but the coaching staff has kind of jumped off with the Matt Patricia hire, no hire on the website, disappears – Kind of a fun story, and we'll see if it's fun when he gets to coach Darius Slade during the year. That's going to be even more fun. Uh, it's always fun when we get a chance to talk to Eddie Kratz, uh, especially K. It's going to join us a little later. Mike Garofolo from the NFL Network. So we got two good guests coming your way. Keep it right here with Maga Mac. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. 
That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Friday here on Birds 365 with your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. We are joined by our bud, Big Ed Kratz, who looks ready for the draft. Six days and counting. Are you ready, Kratz? I'm ready to go, baby. Uh, hard to believe that in one week we'll know who the Eagles did or didn't take, you know, next Thursday night when everything gets underway. But I'm sorry. Uh, it's yeah, more it, predictable, this draft. And I'm pretty excited to see how it turns out. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the draft is, I always say, you know, obviously the Super Bowl is the biggest thing for the NFL, but if you think about it, it's only two teams, whereas, you know, the draft, all 32 teams are involved and fans are so excited, so hyped up that they're going to get, uh, the next superstar. And it starts here in Philadelphia with B. John Robinson, as we know, Ed Kratz. How we said that word yesterday, unique, and everybody was jumping to conclusions. Well, that means Bijan. That means Bijan. He said unique. Does that mean Bijan, Ed Kratz? Well, he is unique, isn't he? I mean, you know, he's a guy that is can he? catch. I don't know. I mean, he's a guy that <laughs> he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So, you know, apparently he runs really good routes. I, I'm, you know, the, these draft people that, that study this stuff say he can run routes. So you can line them up wide. You can line them in the slot. You can play them all three downs. Um, that probably makes him unique uh, among today's running backs that he can play all three downs. Uh, now, see, I, let me interject. 
because a lot of people say McMullen hates Robinson. I don't hate Rob. I think he's one of the best players in this draft. I don't think the Eagles are taking him. Um, but I look at Saquon Barkley and I say to myself, is he more unique than Saquon Barkley? Now, me personally, I don't think so. And I wouldn't take Saquon at number 10. And I think he's really good. Um, and the Giants took him at number two, obviously. So they were in the same category. Is he, where do you guys see him? I'll throw that out to both of you. Where, where as far as an Ezekiel Elliott, like I think he's more athletic and Ezekiel Elliott had a great first three, four years of his career. But Saquon to me is a better comp. Is he better than Saquon? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Saquon's been hurt. Hard to tell. He's had a good career, but it's it's all based on usage. Maybe the Giants didn't feel like they could, you know, they wanted to line him up wide. Um, you know, they've been through a couple different coaches over there. Maybe they just never figured out Saquon and what he can do. Uh, you know, I think in a, in a Nick Sirianni run offense, I think Nick Sirianni knows exactly what he would do with Bijan Robinson. So yeah, he's probably more valuable on that front. I mean, if Saquon Barkley was in this offense, maybe they're lining him up wide. I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I, I just think you have to let guys stand on their own. I'm not a big comp guy. I don't like to compare guys to other guys, especially ones that have been in the league like Saquon has for a while. Maybe they just never figured out that, you know, hey, we can put them out wide and throw them the football, you know, 35 times a season. Bijan, I think you can do that. I do like to compare guys to other guys, but here's where I would make my comparison to what you thought of them when they were coming into the draft. If you want to go back and look at what the guy's now done for his entire career and compare a player who's being drafted, I don't think that's right or fair. I don't know. Really I agree. I'm, I'm going back to when Saquon came in uh, to me. Saquon's right. and I like thought better Saquon prospect. was better, yeah. but that's why he went at number two. So yeah. is the difference enough to say, oh, you can't touch him at 10? No, that's that's eight slots in the first round. That's a pretty big difference. If he's not quite uh, Saquon Barkley, it doesn't mean you can't take him at 10. The Eagles can. Well, yeah, but I'm not. I, but from my perspective, I'm not comparing slots because I wouldn't have taken Saquon at number two, and I think Saquon's a better prospect. Um, I wouldn't take him at number two. I probably wouldn't have taken him at number 10. Um so you truly are you're buying into the NFL philosophy yeah, of yeah. running backs uh, running, back, running yeah. backs are close to a dime a dozen at this well point. It, it's not that they're a dime a dozen, it's it's the value isn't there, you know. But we talk a lot about it. and how he talks a lot about it and valuation and it's gotta match up with where you are and the Eagles don't expect to be he mentioned that, Ed. They they don't expect to be in this position again in the near future because they're going to be a pretty good team. And from that perspective, that means you got to take advantage of it. I'm, I, you know, you and I were on that Mark Dominic call earlier this week and Mark brought it up. Um, you know, don't be surprised if he goes up. And I think if he's going up, he's probably going up to get Jalen Carter. Uh, he never talks about players, but he mentioned Dom, Dom DeSandro. We trust Dom. Dom's going to find out the information. Boy, I think, I think Jalen Carter is is the player they want. I'm just reading tea leaves. Thoughts on Jalen Carter? Well, it, he talk about unique. I mean, he's pretty unique too, right? He can play yeah. all four spots along that defensive line, inside, outside, over the nose. You can, you can line him up anywhere. Um, 
is he the safest pick in this draft? No, I think Bijan Robinson is the safest pick for the Eagles. I mean, he he's if you if you want a guy that's going to come in year one and make the veterans like Kelsey and Graham and Cox and and Lane Johnson happy because hey he's going to make an immediate impact and he he's your guy. You bring in Jalen Carter. I mean, I, there's a lot of red flags with Jalen Carter, and it seems like such an unhowie Roseman type of a pick. You know, he likes, first of all, he likes guys that like to play ball. And that's a, a question mark with Jalen Carter. How much does he like football? What's his passion for the game? It, it's a huge red flag when you show up for the biggest job interview of your life. I don't care what's going on in your, in your life. You come in nine pounds overweight and you can't even finish your workout. That to me is a huge red flag. I, now, listen, I know they can have Dom DeSandro look into the past, but you have to question what's inside his heart, and there's no measurement for that. Dom DeSandro can't get to the bottom of that, and that to me is a huge concern. Now, Howie might say, well, we have Fletcher Cox, we have Brandy Graham, his teammate. Jordan Davis, Nicobe. Old, yeah. old teammate Jordan Davis. You know, he'll th- those guys will set him straight, and they'll get him – you know, playing 100% every single snap. I, I don't think it works like that. And to me, that would be a really, really big gamble to take Jalen Carter. There's no question in his talent, but he doesn't play every down. He doesn't He doesn't bring it every single down because I'm not sure he likes the game as much as the Eagles like. Got to love ball. Got to love ball. ball. And I'm not sure Carter does. All right. So then, Ed, what do you make of Dan Campbell coming out yesterday and saying, Oh, we felt much better about Jalen Carter after we had him in for his pre-draft visit. You think he's just whistling in the wind, or do you think that Jalen Carter won over the Lions? And if that's the case, the Eagles are going to have to jump up pretty damn high if they want Jalen Carter to get out of the Lions. Well, there you go. Maybe it's a smokescreen Dan Campbell's throwing out there for other teams. Hey, you want Jalen Carter? We're going to take him because we love him. We love this interview, um, you know, which is all well and good. And maybe they did. You know, I've never met Jalen Carter. I don't. I, I don't know, you know, I've seen him interviewed on television, but, you know, I, I've never met him or talked to him. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I can't make a judgment. I just know what, I, you know, what's out there, you know, the available evidence that we've seen. And, you know, he, it's a concern. Uh, and maybe Dan Campbell is just saying, hey, you know, we're not going to take Carter. We're going to go with a cornerback because we just traded Jeffrey Akuda. But, you know, hey, come on up and get him if other teams want him. We'll, we'll trade with you. Maybe the Eagles trade with the Lions. And and take Jalen Carter in that spot if he gets past Seattle. But you know you're taking a mighty big gamble if you take Jalen Carter. Whereas if you take Bijan Robinson, you know smooth as can be. You know what Ed, you're. Eddie's still on that Bijan bandwagon. Yeah, I like he's it. On Ed. The stick he's stick on to the your guns, buddy. Don't don't give up before the draft next Thursday night. Uh, <laughs> but I did read an article you wrote this week about edge pass rushers. So I know you come out with us and you're uh, on the Bijan bandwagon, but. If I were a betting man, and it depends on who's on the board, I'd love to wait until after pick nine comes in and then say, oh, I can tell you exactly who the Eagles going to take. That would be pretty damn easy. But I think there's a real good chance they're going to take a pass rusher. It's I think it's going to be either a lineman or a pass rusher. And if I knew which were left on each side of the ball, I'd give you a uh, no doubt about it. This is the guy pick. We don't. So uh, if they do go pass rusher at 10, who do you think the Eagles are leaning toward, Eddie? Yeah, that, you know, I mean, again, based on the unique thing that Howie threw out there, we're looking for a unique player. I mean, who on that defensive edge is a unique player? Maybe Nolan uh, Nolan Smith yep. because, you know, he he can rush. He can drop into coverage. I think he had an interception at Georgia while he was there. 
Um, you know, he could be that kind of unique fit that, that Howie was talking about. Um, quick first step, can get in the backfield, uh, very good pass rusher who can develop. Uh, it could be Nolan Smith. Um, you know, I think they like a bigger guy on the outside. I mean, I, I'm not sure where Miles Murphy fits in this whole thing, but there was a lot of buzz about the Clemson defensive end, uh, you know, a couple months ago about him possibly being a top 10 pick. And then that kind of cooled off a little bit. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Miles Murphy, I think, could play his way. I, I the, hope Murphy's the guy. I'm, 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 I'm gonna, you know who I'm going to throw at you guys and who the Eagles like? Lucas Van Ness. And for that reason that Ed said, they want the size, but he can play inside. He's mm-hmm. unique. He can move around. Miles Murphy, good player, but he's more of a base left end, as we said. Right. Um, Van Ness can move up and down the line of scrimmage. Um, now, I I think with Nolan Smith and Lucas Van Ness, those would be the two guys to me for the Eagles. I think they prefer to drop down a few spots if they could uh, and get one of them. Uh, but if they're forced and say, I think they're just going to take the one they like the best. And boy, I'm starting to lean. I'm not there, but I'm starting to lean to Van Ness because of that versatility. Yeah. I, you know, I keep coming back to a clip. I saw a Van Ness rushing against Peter Skaronsky, who's, you know, one of the top offensive linemen in the draft. And he, he just pushed Skaronsky right back into the uh, Northwestern quarterback's lap. I mean, he's a strong guy, and there's no question about it. He he could be the pick. But, again, is he the safest pick in the draft? You know, it's a, it's a big yeah. risk to take. Big projection. Big projection with Van Ness. Um, but he could be he could be the guy. I, I, I think, like you said, I think they really do want to trade back. And I asked Howie this yesterday, how many players does he have first-round grades on? And he wouldn't take the bait on that. You know, <laughs> That's right. By the way, I love how he said, am I going to give you anything? No. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he's too smart for that, you know. But I thought maybe he would, you know, say, hey, we got 17 great first-round grades on players. But he, he didn't go there. So I think if you're the Eagles and you're Howie Roseman and you want to trade back, I don't think you're going to go back too far. Because I think the consensus is this is like an 18-player deep draft for first-rounders somewhere yeah, in the neighborhood. I, I agree. If they go back, it's like they went up for Jordan Davis last year, a couple spots, right. targeted trade down. I think, you know, because I think they like Smith and, and Van Ness, and, and they're like, if we can get one of them, I think it's going to be one of that deals. If we can drop down a few spots and get something extra, they'd be happy with either. Um, that's that's the way I'm leaning a week out. Yeah, and and listen, it depends on the quarterbacks. Everybody thinks, okay, if the four quarterbacks come off really early, then that will help the Eagles. But I think that would be better if there were quarterbacks left on the board that other teams can come up to number ten. Oh yeah, take and, and maybe even a, a you know a Hendon Hooker's in that mix. I, I think ten would be a little too high for him. But you know, we saw the Chiefs when they took Mahomes; they jumped all the way up, I think, to number ten. Yeah, got killed for it by many uh, yeah. at the time. Yeah, that's right. So I, I think you could see a team if the quarterback, if there's one of these top four and maybe Hooker are still there at ten, maybe the Commanders try to come up. Even though I love Sam Howe, Jody, you know that man. I'm ready for the Sam Howe show down there in the in DC. But uh, but uh, I, you know what if the Commanders? I think they're sixteen. What if they come up to ten and you go back to sixteen? Then I got I got bad news for you. Ed. You know who the Commanders? Well, it's good news for your Sam Howell <laughs> fandom. 
You know who the commanders are going to take? Bijan. Bijan Robinson. And yeah. Eagle fans will watch him twice a year, every year, for a minimum of his first five years in the league. And we'll get to debate whether how he made a mistake by passing on him for the next half a, se- half a decade. That's that's my prediction for the draft. You want me to go on record now? Bijan 16, Washington Commanders. Write it down. I, I'm I'm not writing that down. That's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> the commanders right. here, Brian Robinson. I mean, I love Brian Robinson. I think he's a, a good back. They still, I think, <laughs> have Antonio Gibson, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah, There's, but that's, you know, I always tell Jody knows. I always tell my FU player story. When I was covering the Vikings back in the day, they had a really good back by the name of Chester Taylor. And 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 they were he he was coming off like a twelve hundred yard season and caught the football well out of the backfield had fifty something catches and you know they were in the top ten and they needed a lot of help and they drafted Adrian Peterson and I was like I was asking one of the personnel guys I was asking like you guys got a good running back you need a lot of help and he's and he said no you don't understand this guy's different. And, you know, the description he said is, uh, fuck, fuck Chester Taylor, because <laughs> he's different. And, 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 he, and he turned out to be right. So I've always called them FU players. Now, maybe Bijan's an FU player. But that was a different time where running backs were more important, even though, you know, it's not that long ago. Right. But uh, here's, here shit. would be my question to you then, John. Is Bijan Robinson an FU player? At 16, but not at 10? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, man. That, either you're an FU player or you're not. I don't no. see where six slots in a draft. Well, he's an FU player. Pl- from an FU player to a non-FU player. He's an FU player compared to Antonio Gibson. That's the comparison. Like, Antonio Is Gibson is a good player. compared to Kenny Gainwell. Uh, yeah, but the Eagles. You know what? My favorite quote of, of that press conference came from Nick Sirianni yesterday. And again, these guys aren't under oath, you know, it, it's not. But I thought, and, and I want to, I, I got it down. We didn't pay him more to do less, is what Nick said about Jalen Hurts. We didn't pay him more to do less. So everyone is going this assumption, where you're paying him $255 million, you're paying him $179 million guaranteed. Oh, you got to protect him, you got to protect him. No, they're going to play him the way he plays that made him a superstar player. And that, to me, is is why I continue to go. They do not need B. John Robinson on this team because of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts makes running backs better. They don't need the best running back. They they yeah. they don't need them because of Jalen Hurts. That to me is what makes the Eagles different. Other teams are obviously having in different situations. More a more traditional running game. He could help them a lot more than he could help the Eagles. Not that he couldn't help the Eagles because he's better than Rashad Penny or Kenny Gainwell or Boston Scott, but it's not, you know, they need a defensive lineman. They need an offensive lineman. That 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 is the reason why I just dismiss B. John Robinson for Philadelphia. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's the reason. Um, I, I was going to say, you know, it's all well and good to say we didn't pay Jalen Moore to do less, but he's, you know, okay, he's 24 years old. Um, eventually, you can't play him the way he's playing. It's just not going to work. It, 
he's going to get hit. He's going to wear down. Look at Lamar Jackson. Great first couple of years. He's hurt. Josh Allen in Buffalo talked about evolving his game now. He's 27. He doesn't want to take as many hits. And he doesn't even run as much as Jalen Hurts. Wow, I he's mean, reckless, though. He's yeah, reckless. He's yeah. re- and, you know, listen, J- Jalen got, you know, he got waffled in Chicago. He got hit running the ball and landed on the hard turf. And he's lucky he escaped further injury than, you know, on that shoulder than what he did. I, I just don't see this Jalen Hurts run the ball, the, the, you know, the plus one in the backfield going on for the life of this contract. I, I just don't. And if you bring in a running back who's cost, you have him under control for five years, you know, you get the fifth year option. You're probably picking that up. Jalen Hurts will be 27, 28. He's not going to be running the ball. You, know, you need somebody to take that pressure off of him. And I thought Mark Dominic said it well, is once you invest, I think it was Mark Dominic, once you invest in a quarterback, you, you have to make sure you can have a controllable running back for the foreseeable future because you're not going to be able to invest a lot of resources in a running back. Why not take one in the first round as good as Jalen Hurts or uh, B. John Robinson or even Jameer Gibbs? I mean, I like Jameer Gibbs a lot too. Uh, and maybe you can get him later in the draft. But to me, that fifth year is, is pretty important to have. And that's what I think Bijan brings some value is he will protect Jalen Hurts. And it's, you know, Nick can get on his high horse and say, hey, we don't want him to do less. But that's great when he's 24. How about when he's 25 and 26 and Bijan's in the second and third year of that contract? Then let's see where Jalen Hurts is. I, I'm not worried until we get later into the 20s with Jalen. I think you're right. At, at some point, Nick can say all that he wants. At some point, they're going to have him running less. He just He's going to yeah. get beat up older. Yeah, but I, 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 I agree with you guys. But I think that's a natural evolution, you know. And, and you know, hopefully by that point, Jalen's 30, and hopefully everything goes well. And by that point, you know, his, his, he's more comfortable uh, just turning around and handing the football off, and you, and you can evolve. Um, and I think that's the hope from the Eagles' standpoint. But right now, I, I think he's telling the truth because that's not the first time that was the best quip. But that's not the first time Nick has said that. He has said, we're not taking away his superpower. He said that, which was a good quote. He has said it pretty consistently. I don't think he's lying to us. I don't. Nor do I. And I yeah, think I, I, I think I, you're I, both right, partially. I don't think Jalen Hurts' superpower is going to last at least 33 years old, which, oh, by the way, the Eagles are banking on. Don't kid yourself. They have to believe that Jalen Hurts is going to be their quarterback into his 30s because they're going to have to do another deal with him. Three years into this deal, they're going to be looking at the biggest dead cap hit in the history of the National Football League. So they're going to have to do another deal, which means Jalen Hurts is going to be their quarterback into his 30s. And at some point, they're going to have to go, "Uh uh-oh, we better take some of this off his plate. Otherwise, he's not going to be alive. So I think you're right, Ed, when you say they do need to make it easier. John, I think you're right when you say they're not doing it today. We need to find that, that, that soft spot in the middle probably two years from now, maybe three years from now, they're going to need a major upgrade at running back. I don't think they're they're dying to do it here in year number one. But that's See, why that's, I'm kind of yeah. with John. I don't think they're going to take Pete John. But if they do, I'll be okay with it, Ed, because you're right. And any little reduction can't be necessarily a bad reduction. I just don't think they want to do it year one. But if, if they take Bijan, he's going to be here for five years too. So uh, you'll you'll be able to cash that check. 
Yeah, and you know that's where the benefit of Howie and his staff. I mean, they 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 look at drafts. They look at who's coming out. You know, not only next year but the year after. I mean, they you know they track these things, and that's what they talked about when they took Carson Wentz. Was we looked at the you know the draft next year and the draft after that, and they're just we didn't see any quarterbacks that we thought would be at the same level of Carson Wentz. So that's why they went up to get him. So I don't know what's out there. In, you know the twenty twenty five draft or the twenty twenty four draft. I, I don't know, but you know the Eagles do because that's the kind of thing they look at. So maybe there is a running back out there that they feel like, hey, you know he can come in in two years and be our guy, so we don't have to take Bijan. Um, I don't know. I. I I try hard not to get too deep into the, the draft weeds looking that far out, but they yeah. do. Yeah, they do. Um, and, and, you know, um, contract wise, coaching wise, everything they're, they're very focused on sort of trying to serve the two masters, obviously being very competitive right now, but keeping an eye on the future. Um, I guess with Jody and I started the show talking about Matt Patricia. So we got to give your thoughts on Matt Patricia because that was a little bit of a funny story. You know, obviously somebody jumped the gun on the website, Um, but he's going to be here as a senior defensive assistant, which, you know, in, in, in a typical city team. So what guys been a long time, Bill Belichick assistant, um, former head coach in theory he could help but man Darius Slay has not been shy uh, about uh, expressing their relationship wasn't on the best of terms he's a team leader he's a team captain a little bit surprised Nick Sirianni went down this road yeah I, I don't like it I don't think it's uh a very smart move but I you know I might be wrong I mean they've talked to him I haven't talked to Matt Patricia um, but I don't like it. I don't like it for that reason that uh, it, it could upset the apple cart with Slay. I'm keep waiting to hear him hit social media to say something. <laughs> I was checking. He yeah, didn't say something. Yeah. I, yeah, but I'm sure the Eagles and Nick said they talked to him about it. But uh, you know, maybe those two have even spoken and have had a conversation. I would hope so. Um, but yeah, I just I don't. I, 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 would, I would bet against. I, probably not. And, and that's, I, I just don't like it. And listen, he's one of those guys, you know, when the Eagles hit that, that Philly special in the Super Bowl, they showed his face, I guess. And, you know, it was like, he's, he looked like completely shocked. He had the pencil behind the ear. I mean, in Philadelphia, he's, he's kind of a villain. I think uh, I, I just don't like the move at all. And, you know, maybe he'll bring the, the wisdom of being Bill Belichick's right-hand man for a while, but you know, I think there's too many risks involved with bringing him on here. Yeah, I do like it. If if here's the only way you can like it, and Nick, we trust. You have to trust that Sirianni knows what he's going to get out of him, how he's going to handle Slay. Has already laid the ground rules, felt out Slay about it, and then told Matt, "Here's how you're going to relate with Slay if you want to be on my staff." And Matt Patricia signed off on it. Uh, that and again, this is all speculation on my part, but I've got to believe that's the way it ha- has happened. And I think that Sirianni's got that kind of gravitas, even just two years into his NFL coaching career, that he could lay the groundwork and lay the ground rules for a guy like Patricia. And if you can get some, he has had some pretty good success as a defensive coach with the New England Patriots before his ill-fated 
head coaching stint. His Juan Castillo move. And his even more ill-fated taking over the offense in New England last year. But that's on Belichick. That's not on him. Hey, turn back to the clock. Turn back the clock. He's a pretty damn good uh, defense coordinator for the Patriots. You can add that kind of talent to your staff. I think you got to do it. Well, you know, and again, Sean Desai. I mean, they just hired him to be the DC. I know he had one year as in that role with the Bears, but you know, what is what does he think of the move too? It's not just Slay. What is what does he feel with now Matt Patricia kind of looking over his shoulder? Uh, does he feel confident enough that Patricia's not here to take his job and that he has autonomy over the defense? Uh, it's another question. Now that's an interesting that's point. Legit. I, yeah. I haven't thought about that much yet i did you know kind of you know i've talked a lot about uh the 70 sacks and the second rank defense and and the number one passing defense and i said you know ed even if you went to an uncapped league and you were able to keep um javon hargrave and cj gardner johnson and tj edwards and marcus epps and and everybody else even if you were able to keep those guys, even if you got Jonathan Gannon back, they weren't going to have that same season. So many guys had career years. So many guys produced at a level they never produced. You know, Howie talked about it yesterday as in, in regards to health. He's like, we're very aware that we got lucky on health and it's probably not going to happen that way. And everybody's going to play and everybody's, you know, Kaiser and TJ Edwards, the Kobe Dean can get play because they never left the field. They played all 20 games. They never were hurt. It's pretty amazing. That kind of stuff. My point being, even in the best case scenario, it was going to take a little bit of a step back. Now, Sean Desai comes in these massive expectations he doesn't have Javon Hargrave. You know, right now he's got Nicobe Dean, Nicholas Morrow, Reed Blankenship, and, and Terrell Edmonds. That's, you know, right up the middle of the field. Now he's got Matt Patricia. You know, you know, Philadelphia, Ed, if this goes south early and they're giving up 30 points a game, the pressure's going to ramp up really, really quickly. And when you have a big name in the building, who maybe can fix the defense right away. I hadn't thought of that, but that, that could create some issues. Absolutely. Um, you know, and we'll see how it plays out. I mean, you're rattling off those up the middle names and boy, it, you kind of cringe a little bit, you know, Dean Morrow, Blankenship and Edmonds compared to, you know, Gardner Johnson and TJ and Kaiser. And, uh, it's a concern. Uh, you're talking me into Brian Branch here, another unique player I, in the I, draft. I, I love Johnny Brian Mack Brian. loves Brian Branch. Yeah, third. he can yeah. play everywhere in that second. He yeah. played a slot. He can play. You know, I think he's a perfect fit for this team. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he'll be there at thirty, but if he's yeah, there, the about ten. Yeah. I <laughs> can't go that high. Yeah, but listen again. If they trade back a couple spots, eh, maybe. Um, you draft him as a defensive back more than you do a safety, and then you I think out he's, I think he's a perfect fit for how they play defense. I really yeah. do. Yeah, um, and Desai could use some help. Just hearing you rattle off, Desai needs, I think, you know, a few more pieces on that defense, so he doesn't feel Matt Patricia's breath on the back of his neck. <laughs> and again, I, I'm I guess I'm putting a lot on the head coach's plate. I did prior to the 
official, unofficial, shows up on the website, disappears on the website. Matt Patricia hiring. I think Nick did what he needed to do behind the scenes to make sure everybody was copacetic with it. I'll say same thing about the Sean Desaias, his defensive coordinator. He's going to have to have his back. He hired him. He's going to have to say, this is, this is the call, and here's where we made a mistake, whatever. Not make excuses, but when there is an explanation for it, he's going to be the one who's going to have to explain it. I think he's going to have to take his new defensive coordinators back plenty. If he doesn't, you're right. The overlooking Matt Patricia story will become a bigger story. But if if Nick says that Sean Desai is doing exactly what they want to do and that it's his philosophy and his way of playing defense, I think Desai will be okay, at least within the building. Now, Eagle Nation, that's another story because they basically hate all of their defense coordinators not named Jim Johnson. So he's going to hear about it from the fans. But in the building, I think it'll be perfectly fine if Nick takes his DCs back. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And, and Nick has had his coaches back. So look at Michael Clay, you know, under fire for the special teams. And yeah, that, that one I still don't get. <laughs> I know. And Nick is unwavering in his, his support yeah. of Michael Clay. Correct. You know, and it's interesting that he has all his coaches backs. But when it came time to bench himself and put Shane Steichen in charge of the offense, he had no problem doing that, yeah. uh, which, which is interesting. Um, so you know, you're right. I think he will have the size back no matter how bad it could potentially get. And I, and I don't think it will, but if it does, I, he'll have his back for sure. At Kratz E, make sure you follow Ed on Twitter. You can read him at uh, si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles, uh, Eagles today there. Um, I'll, I guess I'll end it with um, sort of, Day two picks. We, we're talking so much about 10 and 30. Uh, you know, one, if you look at the top 30 visits, and they don't mean everything, um, um, but the Eagles really had a theme. They went with a lot of interior defensive linemen as well. And day two guys, like they t- potential picks there. I, I don't even want names necessarily. If you got names, great. But if you know, day two, Ed, positionally, do you think they're going to lean a certain way? We know how he best player available, blah, blah, blah. But to a certain degree, but you also need certain things. And we just talked about up the middle. You get the feel for positions on day two. Yeah, it's so hard to talk about day two because you don't know what day one's going to bring. Yeah. So, you know, their needs are, I think, up the middle, like you say, you know, I think safety could certainly be in that mix. Um, I think offensive line, again, depending where they go in the first round that, you know, they lost two guys. They lost Siamalu and Dillard and even Josh Sill, who, who's not back from, you know, the trouble he got into at the Super Bowl last year. Um, so, you, you know, you want to keep that part of things strong for sure. So you could go corner. Uh, safety. I mean, I like Jair Brown a lot from Penn State as a safety, uh, but I'm, I, I don't know if second round would be too high for him. I don't know. Um, but there will be some players at those positions. I like Cody Mock a lot from North Dakota State as a lineman because he's a unique player. He he can play all five spots on that offensive line like Isaac Siamalu could when they drafted him. Uh, back in 2016. So I, I like Cody Mock a lot. Um, who knows if he'll be there when they pick in the second round? I think it was at number 62. 
Uh, and then linebacker. Hold on. Cody Mark, is he the guy who looks like he's a member of the Viking Raiders of WWE? I don't face? think Ed, Ed knows that. Uh, oh, okay. He, uh, he's the amateur wrestling guy. He, he looks oh. like, you know, the, a Broad Street bully from the 1970s. Yeah. He's missing his front uh, teeth. He's got the red, wild, crazy yeah. hair. Big, big uh, red beard. He reminds yeah. me of Brian Jensen. Ryan, Ryan Jensen in uh, yeah. Tampa Bay. Remember when Ryan got hurt in that playoff game? And it looked like he was out. It was sort of like a Jason Kelsey moment. And I swear he came out like a snorting bull, like it was a rodeo. That that guy, that guy's intimidating. Uh, <laughs> that's who he reminds me of. Yeah. I, you know, I like Cody Mock a lot. Uh, I, you know, is he going to be there at 62? I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, line. I was going to say linebacker. Uh, certainly, the, are you happy with, you know, Morrow, Dean, and Sean Bradley and, you know, Christian Ellis at that linebacker spot, Davion Taylor. I mean, they need more there. And, you know, yeah, they don't seem to think so because they're no. talking about, well, they, oof, they, they yeah. just don't want to pay anybody to play linebacker. Well, they took Michael Kendricks in the second round back in, I don't know. Well, they eight. took Nicobe. They're fine on that first deal. Like I they said, they never would have taken Nicobe, though. If, I mean, Nicobe didn't drop to the third yeah. round. They well, that's true. Him. But, so, and by the know. way, you know, with Nicobe, look, he's got a ton of potential. But even if he hits and and turns into this great player, they're going to get rid of him. So enjoy it uh, while you can. If you're a Nicobe Dean fan, I know Jody is. Enjoy it while you can. Yeah, three good years out of him before he starts yeah. to make too much money for the Eagles to pay him. Yeah. All right, he's last thing, and I want both of you guys to take on this, Ed, this for you as well before you go. The one thing I was reading between the lines that Howie said yesterday, and it's a pretty good between the lines, and I might be well off, but when he was talking about undrafted free agents, that that's a key part, that he went into details of, you realize that other than first and second round picks, there are more undrafted free agents than there are later round picks. And he highlighted the guys that the Eagles have signed who have been undrafted free agents, and one of which you may start for them next year and read Blankenship. Um, did you read into that that, yeah, if I don't get draft capital, if I don't fill that third, fourth, and fifth round slots that we might not be able to trade back and do what everybody thinks we're going to do, yeah, we're just going to be great at signing undrafted free agents. So don't don't sweat that. If we make less draft picks this year, we'll be good because we're really good at signing undrafted free agents. That was some serious reading between the lines I did. Too much? No. I, I, you know, he's sort of stealing himself yeah. and stealing the fan base that, hey, you know, don't panic because we're going to do a bang-up job in the undrafted free agent part of this draft. That's, don't forget about the way, guys. That's the way I read it. Uh, yeah, maybe I overread it. I, yeah, well, what's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm still shocked that the Eagles didn't um, re-sign T.J. Edwards, and maybe they couldn't have. Maybe he just wanted to go back to Chicago. But, you know, they take pride in that kind of stuff, and they take pride in pointing out, as Jody said, look at how smart we are. The yeah. Eagles' best rookie last year was Reed Blankenship on yeah, the field. Undrafted. On yeah, the field, yeah. he was he, their best rookie. He played the most, uh, that's for yeah. sure. He got the most. And he snaps. played well. He yeah. played well. And he better um, play well this upcoming year because they're going to be leaning on him. You uh, know, I, I thought it was interesting how he said, too, about, uh, you know, the draft picks. He goes, um, we may only have two players, that, you know, come out of this with two players. Uh, he was only joking, but, you know, that was the implication where they maybe they're going to trade all the way up 
to try to get somebody and they're going to have to Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Well, I, listen, maybe they go to number three with the Cardinals and take well, Will Anderson. Yeah, I mean, if they can get Will Anderson. But I think Will might be going number two now. Well, we'll see. That's the thing. Maybe they trade up if Will's still sitting there at three and they, how he's going to give up the, you know, he's going to give up the ship to go up and get him. We'll, we'll see. I mean, he even pointed out that there's going to be a lot of surprises in this draft. He said five or six times you guys are going to say, whoa, when, the, when someone drafts somebody. And I think the Eagles are going to have a big whoa on Thursday night. Could be Howie doing the whoa. Uh, yeah. We go whoa whenever Ed Kratz joins us. Ed, I love you. Even though um, with John, I don't think they're going to get B. John Robinson. I don't think they're going to trade down and get B. John. I don't think they're going to stay at 10 and get – I don't think it's happening. But I like the fact that you've stuck to your guns. There's they, room on the train, you, fellas. Always unique, room on the B. John train. Hop on is, board. Howie did use that word yesterday, unique. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And he is a little bit of a unique talent. So the moment they take him, I'll jump on the train. Not yeah, until then. Yep, yep. Hop on. Uh, Always room. Any good, good stuff. Uh, Thanks, pleasure, guys. bud. We'll talk to you again Thanks, soon Ed. enough. Uh, have a fun week preparing for the draft. Yep, yep. Have a good weekend. Weekend Kratz, John's running mate at Sports Illustrated here with us on Birds 360. By the way, Jody, I'm on the plane. I'm going down with the plane, so I can't get on the train. I'm I'm going down. If I got to go down on the on the plane, they're not taking a running back. Yeah, that's true. You you will have died on the plane. Uh, don't know how you get. Yeah, so you can't get on the climb train back up know. onto the uh, Bijan bandwagon. It's going to be a yeah. bit of a tough climb for you. I give you that. All right, McMone and McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys, coming back. More Birds three sixty five in just a couple. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right. Just by talking with Brian in my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. 
because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Got John McMullen and Jody McDonald hanging with you on a football Friday on Birds 365. Got a bunch to sink our teeth into today with the fact that Harry Roseman and Nick Sirianni both spoke to the assembled media yesterday. Bit of a surprise out of left field. Not only revisiting, but uh, making it official. Matt Patricia, part of the Eagles staff going forward. What's the relationship going to be between Ian Slay and, of course, Howie and Nick talking about what the Eagles are going to do in the draft without even talking about what the Eagles are going to do in the draft. They didn't, they weren't going to give you any gritty details, but I had to give you a little behind the scenes on philosophy and how the Eagles go about it. One thing that was interesting, John, and it was, I got to give credit here, your question about the changes in the Eagles front office that guys have come and gone. And how does that affect draft day and how he kind of, I, I, I was I was pretty much buying what he was selling. I didn't think it was completely, it wasn't all that enlightening, but it was interesting that he likes to change things up. He likes to get different people into the mix because it changes the dynamic and uh, they bring things from their previous experience and they blend that in with what they did. He told a pretty good tale. Were you buying what he was selling that that changed a good thing in the draft process for the Eagles with uh, some people moving on and new people coming in? Yeah, I, I, a little bit. I think that's natural when you have some newness, it gets you a little bit more juiced. I remember talking to Jason Kelsey about, you know, that when Nick Sirianni came here and like, cause Jason loved Doug Peterson, but he was like, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit different when you've been playing as long as him. And he also loves the fact that he doesn't have to practice yeah. now, but um, likes Nick's way of doing things. Yeah. And, but I mean, you have that newness and, and I think it, it, it's just natural to have, you know, a little bit of, of pep in your step at the beginning. 
Um, so yeah, I was buying it. I, I, I think, you know, now doesn't mean it's good though. In in the case of Nick, it's been good. You know, he's been a, a really good head coach through two seasons. Um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, the draft is what it is and you're ultimately, and you won't even know this year. And, you know, people look at last year already and say, Jordan Davis can't do this. And, you know, Cam Jurgens played 40 snaps and Nicobe Dean played 34 snaps and nobody played. And, you know, that's a bad draft and that, you know, you're already people on that bandwagon. Um, you really got to wait three years uh, if you want to be fair. Um, and that's tough to do in the modern environment, but uh, it'll eventually shake out if these guys are doing a good job or, or a poor job. And, um, but, you know, if you go back to Andy Weidel, he did a pretty good job. And you go back to Joe Douglas, did a pretty good job overall. Um, and that's sort of the standard you're looking at. And I know there are very few follow-up questions when you guys are there. There's a whole bunch of you guys there and only so many uh, questions to be allowed and asked. But I give them the credit. They did stay over 35 minutes, which was a nice lengthy period of time they gave you guys. I was waiting for the McMullen follow-up because we talked about this on the show yesterday. Who's going to be manning the phones? Because you're in the middle of the draft. Howie has been as big a mover and shaker trading up, trading back as anyone this side of Belichick. Uh, in the NFL, he can't be on the phone with all the teams at the same time. As good as he is, he can't do that. He can't be in two places at once. So he's got to give that responsibility to someone. And you and I debated a little bit yesterday on the assistant general managers who are not necessarily hands-on football guys or hadn't been previously to getting their new titles. I thought you were going to jump in and go, yeah, but who's going to be on the phones with you? How are during the draft? Well, that's one of those things I know he's not going to answer. Now, he might answer that, you know, in in as we get to training camp, we'll get some off-the-record stuff, and he might go into it a little bit more deeply um, in, in that type of environment. But at, I, I think I said earlier this week, I mean, he's going to default to his assistant GMs, I mean, because he gave him the job. He gave him the title, so... Yeah, there but hold is. on, hold on. Let, let me follow up with that. They gave uh, Kevin Petulo a new title yesterday. What does it mean? Nothing. Well, well, so well that, that, the that's the bigger. The title could mean nothing. They, they just slapped that on. So he with, didn't have to with, give the assistant general manager title to someone who would actually be involved on a draft night uh, deal. And by the way, with Kevin Petulo, now the title itself might mean nothing, um, but like he's really important to Nick Sirianni. Oh yeah, I knew that. I knew that early, early on when he first got the job. Kevin was the guy doing sort of the legwork for him, uh, and he made it very clear, sort of like his consigliari. I mean, that's that's who Kevin Petulo is. So he's really like I don't know what what Alec Hallaby and 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 uh, John Ferrari are to Howie Roseman. Other than, you know, a lot of people have speculated that he doesn't want a personnel guy uh, next to him because they get all the credit, you know. Well, how he's not a football guy, that kind of thing. We've, we've heard it on this show. I think it was Chris Landry. He, you know, he's been hearing that for years. 
So, well, that must be an Andy Waddle pick. That must be a Joe Douglas pick. You know, they're the personnel guys. They're the right. football guys. You know, a lot of people have speculated that's the reason the wait because he's never given out that title before. And when he gives it out, he gives it out to Not an analytics guy, guy <laughs> and a and a football compliance guy. Right. Um, That's why I so, want to know who's going to be on the phone. Do you think it's so, going to be one of the non-football guys? I, I can't believe that. Well, it might be Dave Caldwell, like I said, but he's not going to admit it. So, you know, it's one of those things where, like, fans want you to ask, what do you think of insert name? Um, they say, why are you guys not asking about, um, uh, you know, and you, there's certain things, and he did get asked about Jalen Carter, mainly for the off-the-field issues. Um, and he got asked about Bijan mainly for the positional group issues. Like, he's not going to talk about players. Right. Um, I, that's just, you know, that – no GM worth of salt is going to talk about evaluation of players. Um, it just doesn't work that way. So you're wasting your time if you do that, essentially. So that's sort of the reason why, you know, fans might look at us and say, why aren't they asking that? Well, if you're not going to get an answer. If you know the answer ahead of time, it's yeah. going to be a non-answer. You don't and, bother asking. And the there are some things behind the scenes you can then, you know, get sort of background on something as I would describe it. And that's sort of how you go about it. Understood. And uh, yeah, you get more information about how the draft worked after the draft is over. You might get a little uh, off the record stuff, but you're not going to get ahead of time. Shoot. Uh, I love the fact that Howie came right out and said, well, am I going to tell you guys anything? No, <laughs> that, that, that was pretty much in your face stuff. And, yeah, and by the way, we're going to have Mike Garofolo um on the show and it you know the most interesting thing how he said to me is i don't talk to anybody about the philadelphia eagles now anybody meaning outside the building obviously he talks to people inside the building and you know there's a lot of people that think he feeds stuff to adam Schefter or um you know it was ironic about the matt patricia thing so but how that worked out i was telling the story Schefter tweeted out it's official in the middle of the press conference. And, oh, it's right you know, in the middle? Right in the middle of the press conference. So, you know, I was watching Howie. He wasn't stealth texting, so he didn't give it to Adam Schefter. So, you know, obviously he got it from the other side. Could be somebody else in the Eagles organization. But, you know, a lot of people have speculated Mike is the guy he talks to the most. Um so that's up to you. You can ask that question if you want, Jody. No, I will. I'll ask. I'm not going to put Mike on the spot. We might get but a non. We might get a non-answer. Might get a non-answer answer. Right. But uh, uh, you know, he said I don't talk to anybody about the Philadelphia Eagles. Anybody mm. outside the building? Yeah, I don't know that I believe that. That's that's. I don't know I, if I believe it either, which is yeah. why I bring it up. That, that's how he on in front of all the rest of you guys flexing his muscles a little bit, but that's okay. I don't have a problem with him doing that, but yeah, I, I'm going to throw the BS flag on that one. Howie, sorry about that. And we'll, yeah, if you want me to put it to the Garofalo when he joins us coming up in just a couple of minutes, I will do just that. Uh, one quickie before we take a timeout and then get Mike up here. 
The panda in chief went complete eagle. Yeah, pop what happened to the Sixers, Johnny Mac? You yeah. said lock it up; it'll be guaranteed. Sixers. Yeah, I'm I'm very shocked it wasn't Sixers. To the point was, you know, I don't even know if Nick knew they were playing. Man, I mean that's that's lack of attention to detail. You know, yeah, who's yeah, who's I'm, his? I'm, here's uh, you can pull back the curtain stuff again. Who's his uh, advisor? His quote unquote PR advisor, uh, Bob Bob Lang, which is funny. Did Bob Lang you know, drop the ball here and not get yeah. him a section thing? Who we put it on, Nick or Bob Lang? Uh, I don't know. I'll ask Bob. We maybe maybe he'll take the he'll, he'll, he'll take the hit on, for Nick. He'll he'll fall on the sword. There are times. <laughs> there have been times. This is so funny to me. There are times that Nick will wear his Phillies gear or uh, Sixers gear. And Bob will be off to the side with his Eagle shirt for the day. And as soon as the press conference is over, all comes the Philly stuff, all comes the Sixers stuff, all goes. So I have a little fun with the Pander in chief. But yeah, uh, oh no. Yeah. He, he's, um, he's earned I that reputation. Surprised. It's not like you're, you're the, uh, you made this stuff up out of uh, whole cloth. No, yeah. no, no, no. He has absolutely earned his reputation as Pander in chief. I, I I was surprised he was not repping the Sixers because he's very you know he's become very close to Doc Rivers. Uh, you know that's not, true. He's um, he's he's quoted Doc Rivers yeah. in his post game stuff before. Yeah, so I'm surprised he wasn't repping the Sixers. Maybe maybe that's why the Sixers didn't pull away until the last minute of last night's game. Tyrese Maxey saving the day, baby. Man, he came up big for them last night on a on a wacky yeah. game up there in Brooklyn. But uh, three nothing, uh, and we won't see Nick again till when? After the draft, we'll have a post draft thing. Uh, well, Mac? day one of the draft, uh, you know, they'll have press conference after day one. Day How he definitely is Nick in on the day one day yeah. uh, the night oh, yeah. of the draft there. one. Nick's Nick's Nick is there the whole time. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I thought the uh, I don't know why I remembered uh, I remembered stuff how he's saying uh, stuff after day one of the draft, but not necessarily Nick. Uh, but uh, that might just be my memory. All right, I remembered to uh, text uh, Mike Garofalo before we got to this segment, and he said yes, he did get the link. So that means he's going to join us coming in up in just a couple of minutes from the NFL Network. Mike Garofalo next here on Birds Three Sixty Five. <laughs> Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild, and time stands still. 
Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Appreciate you streaming in here on a football Friday. It's 355 with Mac and Mac. <clears throat> you got three Philly guys on here right now. Uh, McDonald, McMullen, and from the NFL Network and NFL.com, a Philly guy through and through, Mike Garofolo. <laughs> Mike, how ticked off were you yesterday that Howie didn't tell you about Matt Patricia ahead of time? <laughs> Seems like that's kind of been lurking for a uh, couple of yeah, months now. Been, yeah. The, uh, yeah. It's going to be finally linebackers coach. Yeah. What do you think of that, Mike? Because obviously Darius Slay um, has not been shy uh, to express in the past that he he did not have the best relationship with yeah. Matt Patricia. It's kind of a bold move from that perspective from Nick Sirianni. Yeah, uh, well, organizationally, I do know that uh, this is a team that loves to um, bring in former GMs when they can, like how he's done that. Dave Caldwell, <laughs> oh, yeah. formerly of the Jaguars, currently yeah. on staff. So sometimes guys who uh, get to that level and it doesn't quite work out can come in and can have a different kind of perspective. Uh, sometimes you learn from your mistakes. You hope that. I mean, it's just the whole Patricia offensive coordinator thing was as weird as Juan Castillo yeah. years ago taking that job. Uh, I, I don't quite know what Belichick was thinking other than he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Oh, yeah. Uh, that didn't quite work out. This one feels at least more natural to me. So let's see how it goes. And we discussed this earlier in the show. Love your read on it. Um, one of the potential downsides is he's had the success. He has a Super Bowl winning defense coordinator. He also have a rookie defensive coordinator. And Sean Desai is filling some pretty big shoes that Gannon did. If you look at it analytically, uh, number two defense <laughs> overall, number one defense against the pass, 70 some odd sacks. Good luck getting that again. He's stepping into a tough spot to begin with. Now does Matt Patricia looking over his shoulder make it even more difficult for this side? I mean, I, w- I wouldn't think so. I mean, Patricia's relationship with players has been questioned, uh, certainly uh, when he got to Detroit. <laughs> I mean, I remember they hadn't even played their first game. And I remember us 
talking about it on Good Morning Football Weekend uh, when we had that show um, before their first game. And I said, I heard that these players are mentally and physically exhausted coming out of training <laughs> camp. And, and that's yeah. really hard to do. Uh, and, and in and this, this day and era, era. yeah, to, to, to get these guys to, to beat them down that much, but they did it. Um, but I never heard anything with regard to other coaches and any friction there. So uh, I would think from a professional standpoint, uh, you know, even last year when things weren't working out between Mac Jones and, and Matt Patricia, uh, there was still a good working relationship with the staff up there. So I would think that, uh, that should continue, and he wouldn't undermine anybody. But uh, you know, who knows? I mean, sometimes. Yeah. Who knows? By the who way, knows? by the way, Mike, that's an interesting tidbit because obviously, you know, he's wearing players down. He's coming to Nick Sirianni's staff. It's Club Sirianni, right? There's 31 yeah. teams already in off-season work. Not the Eagles. They kicked it back a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have they had great success from a health standpoint. They're doing things the way they did them. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see that dichotomy. Yeah. But we got to I, talk about Jalen Hurts, number one. Let's do it. Yeah. 12 months, Mike. I mean, it, it, last year at this time, look, it was pretty evident that the Eagles didn't like the quarterback class. Nobody liked the quarterback class. So how we kind of kicked back to, the, you know, one pick to the next year, just as that security blanket. They couldn't get Russell Wilson to consider Philadelphia. They couldn't get Deshaun Watson to consider Philadelphia. 12 months later, $255 million, 179 guaranteed. Have you ever seen anything like this? This is amazing, the development from year two to year three. Yeah, it's – well, from the beginning, it's weird because you bring in a guy with a second-round pick uh, that you think is going to be some kind of gadget player or a guy that can provide value at the backup position so you don't have to pay a veteran. And then it turns into – it gets into the starter's head – a little bit along with some other things that causes his downfall. And then, you know, Jalen Hurts is kind of the guy thrust into the job, but you could tell they're still not <laughs> sold on it. I mean, the guy the guy that they brought in, and I, I've, you know, Howie, it, it's turned out great for Howie and the Eagles. It has, yeah. right? But yeah. if you can go back in time and have that conversation with them at the point, you, you almost want to say to them, if you don't believe this guy could ever be your starter, don't take him right here. I mean, I know in your head you're thinking second round, well, our, our quarterback will be fine. He won't be treated that way. But he got into that role in large part because of where you took him. Uh, so you go from that to not quite having the faith in him to not explore other options, right, to, you know, getting this huge extension. Yeah, it's it's been quite the ride for Jalen Hurts, and uh, I don't think this will change him. Um, if the Deshaun Watson stuff hanging over his head, the fact that he really – wasn't the guy coming in and Carson Wentz was at the time. If all that stuff didn't get into his head, I can't imagine a big contract will. Uh, so I think Jalen Hurts going to continue to ascend here. You know, where is the ceiling? Um, and now with a with a, a, a full uh, season of film in which he was incredibly successful, can they find some things defensively to kind of start to short circuit him? The, the one thing that I know that I heard last year was his ability to understand things to say, hey, they're trying to do this to us. We should do this. He had some of that input, too. So they're counters. He's got counters for them ready to go, to. I need your take on this. The transition between Shane Steichen and <clears throat> Brian Johnson. We know he's got a long, I mean, long-standing relationship with the quarterbacks since he was a kid. But he's been his quarterback coach the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, 
John and I both appreciate the ability of Shane Steichen to call plays. He's just really good at it from the time uh, Sirianni passed on that responsibility. Transition, seamless, going to take some time, rocky road. Give me your best guess scenario as to how Brian Johnson hits the uh, ground running as the play call for the Eagles next year. Yeah, I know that there's confidence in him uh, from the Eagles standpoint. So we, we don't quite know. I mean, he look, he had input, certainly the week leading up, obviously, uh, but also the day of the game. So uh, they're, they're confident with his feedback and his uh, thoughts that he had on the fly during the game that that'll translate into his play calling as well. Um, but you're right. I mean, I, 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 I know that there was at one point, especially in the second half when, when they weren't uh, uh, really stepping on some throats early. Some folks thought, well, Steichen could be a better player. I, I thought he was a fantastic play caller. Yeah, even even back was... to his time with the Chargers, yeah. which I was stunned that the Chargers didn't retain him when they did, but Brandon Staley wanted Joe Lombardi, who was his buddy for uh, a, long, a long period of time. So the Eagles were fortunate to have Shane Steichen for a couple of years. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you don't know until you're in that chair, until you got that headset, uh, but I know that there's confidence in him, and I know that there's confidence in Kevin Petullo, uh, I, I feel like Kevin doesn't get enough credit for what he does. Oh. Uh, He's next what, guy. He's next consigliere is what I describe him as. Mike. Yeah. And he got an elevation yeah. yesterday. Got the associate, associate head, coach. head coach. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there it's, it's been a team effort despite the fact that Shane Steichen is the one calling the plays. Uh, so they hope that that communication will continue. All right, Mike Garoppolo, you've been around this team for a long time. You know, Harry Roseman, I've considered, changing the name of this show to Bijan 365 as we go through the draft process. All Eagles fans, not all, but a, a, a lot of people want Bijan Robinson. How oh, he's not taking a running back at number 10, is he? It would fly in the face of um, it, it would fly in the face of um, it would run counter to their philosophy based on conversations that I've had with Eagles folks over the last couple of years uh, regarding other teams putting all their eggs or not all their eggs, significant eggs in running back baskets. Running back. Um, okay. and, and look, I mean, Miles Sanders became a free agent. Six million a year is not really, you know, anything that's going to uh, blow away a, a, a budget or a salary cap. Yeah. They weren't there. Right. So if you're not going to pay six for Miles Sanders, are you now going to commit a draft pick to B. John Robinson, knowing that in a couple of years you're paying 15, 16, 17, whatever it is by that point, by the time you're extending him, it would run counter to everything that I have picked up regarding their philosophy of what you do at the running back position. Fair enough. And I agree with both you guys. I think he's a unique player and how he used that word unique, but I think he was referring to other players, not B. John Robinson. Um, where do you think they'll take a running back? Do you think they'll take a running back? As of right now, they yeah. got two two picks in the first, second, third, and then not again till the seventh. Are they going to make a big deal about a running back they pick in the seventh round, or are they going to use one of those uh, picks in the first three rounds to take a running back if it's not going to be Bijan Robinson? Yeah, no, there are guys to be had there. Now, Jameer Gibbs is is talked about as a, a as a I don't want to say a one A, but but he's possibly in the first round as well. The kid from Alabama, so. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe if you let's, as we talk this through, well, it's not really our first round pick because we use the early first round pick on a non running back. So maybe we use the second first round pick on a running back at that point. But uh, yeah, I, it, second round seems to have been the jumping off point uh, for the Eagles over the years with Howie in the building uh, to take a running back. 
Um, so I would say, yeah, once you start to get there, that, then it's okay. This is, this is enough value and enough of a, uh, you're, you're out of that early range where you've got to take the premier positions with your first round pick. So I would say, yeah, right around there would make sense uh, to me if they, if they do add a, a running back. Um, league as a whole, Mike, uh, I think through this, most of the process, um, the thought has been four quarterbacks are going to go in those first nine picks. And that makes it better for the Eagles because then it starts pushing some of the position players down the board. Lately, it's been like, well, Houston, Nick Cesar, he, he might not take a quarterback. And all of a sudden, there's some teams that maybe start um, going in a different direction. Buying any of that hype or is that just silly season? Uh, no, guys I, trying to create smoke screens. Yeah, I'm skeptical that all four are going in the top ten. I am. I think it winds up being three. Um, and which one doesn't? I've heard mixed reviews on whether that's Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. Uh I think the Colts are a big uh, team when it comes to Levis because I've heard it both ways, that they like him and that they don't like him. So if he gets by four, possible slide could be on there, and then especially if they wind up taking Richardson instead. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, yeah, I think you're looking at three, maybe even two only in the top ten. I mean, we'll, we'll see. But I, I would, if you're asking me right now, I would say three of those four wind up going. Um, and then the other guy that's interesting that also is a factor, I think, uh, is Jalen Carter, because I don't think Seattle takes him at five. Detroit, mm, not sure. Seven, that's the Raiders. Eight, the Falcons. Now, that would be close to where he went to college. And I know a lot of folks, uh, uh, talent evaluators, general managers, if a guy's got flags or problems or issues or whatever you want to call them, having him near where he played, where he knows a lot of people, not necessarily a good thing. So now I think, you know, eight, could be off the board as well. Nine, they've got other needs with the Chicago Bears. Um, does Howie take him? You know, like he gave the shout out to Dom yesterday, Dom DeSandro. Is it as simple as if Dom does his homework and they say, because a lot of, you know, it's talking to Mark Dominic on his conference call earlier this week, Mike. Yeah. Um, He's saying how we might move up, man. He doesn't have to worry about the quarterback. Remember, he had been going through this process of keeping the safety net in case Jalen Hurts didn't develop and yeah. adding this extra draft capital just in case he needed a quarterback. He doesn't need a quarterback now. Does he all of a sudden seize the moment? Yeah, It might be Tyree Wilson, might be Jalen Carter, Will yeah. Anderson probably out of reach, but trade up. Yeah, well, I'm starting to hear about Anderson that a lot of people think he doesn't fit their scheme, which I think is crazy. He's just a, a phenomenal uh, football player, so find a way for him to fit your scheme. Yeah. Um, and as as for uh, Tyree Wilson, by the way, hadn't worked out. I mean, and not that I had this conversation with a, uh, a personnel guy yesterday. I said, I know you don't care about the workout. He says, yeah, no, I, we don't like the workout itself doesn't matter. But the fact that the kid can't work out, when is he going to be ready? So now. That could be a huge factor for him as he potentially starts to slide down a little bit. By the way, remember you heard it here first. I'll go on the record with this. If Jalen Carter gets to number nine, the Bears are going to take him. Okay. Uh, you can say they have other needs. No, no, no. Matt Eberflus, defensive coach, 
oh, if he's there, he's going to take a difference maker and it's going to take Eagle fans off that he gets all the way down to nine and then gets snacked up the pick before the Eagles have the chance to get him. Could, could very well be, would make a lot of sense. Um, I, I, I'm with you. I'm just, I, I was just painting a scenario where potentially he where gets it got down to the Eagles. Off. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the Bears, at, the, at a minimum, take them at nine. All right, so... Give us your overall grade of this draft. Do you, you can, we, we certainly talk about from number one down all the way through and less important than everything else, but then you bring them all together and you just grade the draft. We know the picks the Eagles have now, they've got more picks next year, which could play into this year's draft, but everybody wants to know how much better are we going to come out after the draft is over. That's what we're going to have as a conversation on Saturday night. Yeah. How good, bad, or indifferent is this? whole draft group of players in 2022. Yeah. Now, obviously this is not me studying the tape. This is me talking to the people who do, right. um, but the, the consensus seems to be, it's just okay. Right. Like it's not the worst you've seen and it's certainly not the best that you've seen. It also depends on the position that you're talking about. Daniel Jeremiah has long said, this is the best crop of tight ends he's seen yeah. in a long time. So if you uh, have a, have a need there, you're feeling good about it. So um, I, I would say this toward the back end of the first round, uh, two guys uh, said it to me, one GM and one uh, personnel guy um, in, in, in different words, but the, but the sentiment was the same. These mock drafts that you've got, right? Like the first 20 picks. Okay. These are okay. Not in the right order, obviously, but like, Oh, that's I, I, that guy was projected about there. Maybe a little bit of a side. Once you get into the twenties, they're saying that you're going to hear guys that were projected as like third round picks being taken there. And, and, and you get one or two of those every year, but it sounds like there could be a good handful of those guys in that uh, the, 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 the mock draft exercise on the back end of the first round, because it's so flat once you get there from their perspective, it's, it's, it's this plateau through the second and potentially third round. So you may see some guys that other teams have valued a lot higher than these mock drafts are projected. Mike, uh, I know you got to run, but I want to get this one in. I kind of tried to get Howie to talk about, but he wouldn't, obviously, at at the pre-draft press conference. A lot of change in the Eagles scouting department from, uh, you know, this year to last and even dating back to before. Um, Gave out the assistant GM tags for the first time. Gave it out to an analytics guy, Alec Halaby, a a football compliance guy, John Ferrari. You know, who's who's number two on on the (laughs) scouting staff? Who's Andy Weidel? Who's Joe Douglas? Uh, And why? Why? Why does Howie, you know, because he gets it. He hears he's not a football guy. And, you know, if that's an Andy pick, if that's a Joe pick, does that still bother him? Does that still bother him? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think it's a bit. Listen, Howie. Howie. He doesn't have an ego. Right now, let me. Everybody likes. <laughs> everybody likes hearing good things, yeah. right? Yeah. And I know he likes hearing good things. And when he was yeah. getting beat up a couple of years ago, that bothered him for yeah. sure. Uh, but I don't think I don't think he sits there and overrules guys like sometimes you'll you'll hear about and see in this league all the way up to ownership. By the way, I mean sometimes you hear it from ownership, and I know that that was a uh, something that was being kicked around with Jeffrey Laurie. Uh, and, and and Jeffrey has had influence over the year on some picks. Yeah, three the picks. Two. They all worked the, out. Lane Johnson, Jordan Mylott. I forget the third one. Remember when Jeffrey said that? Only three. And they were all great. great they guys. were all great. Yeah. What was the uh, – um, oh, my God, I'm blanking on his name already. God, it was just uh, the receiver from uh, Stanford. 
Uh, JJ. Ortega JJ, White Ortega White yeah. yeah, yeah. I heard that. Uh, I heard that Jeffrey liked JJ. Um, yeah, he left that out when he was recapping the picture <laughs> that he had a lot of influence on. Uh, what was the question again? Who's number two? No, yeah, yeah Howie's number two. number two. He's he's leaning on a lot of people. Uh, they, they've had, listen. They've had a lot of people move elsewhere and a lot of moving parts. Yeah. And I think they've done. They have done a nice job of with all these people moving, whether it's Andrew Berry or, or Catherine Raish, who, uh, who's, yeah. who's left as well. I mean, with all these moving parts, they seem to have done a nice job of uh, at least keeping a, a cohesive staff and, and the ability to assemble talent. So I don't know. I don't know how to answer that, to be honest with you. Fair enough. Then I'll make your last one even easier. Um, starting Thursday, I'm guessing late lunch, somewhere thereabouts, you got to get a meal in for in you before the draft actually gets underway. Where is that meal taking place and where will you be Saturday night when the draft is all over and done with? What does the itinerary uh, look like for Mike Garofalo between yeah. midday Thursday and Saturday night? Uh, well, we're, we're, we're going to be on the air, f- uh, from Mount Laurel at NFL films at one o'clock. Um, it's, uh, we, we don't get to use that studio too, too often anymore. We used to do good morning football weekend out of there. Um, so we're excited about that. It's the two year, two days of the year we get to do it Thursday, one o'clock NFL network, uh, Friday, one o'clock NFL network Thursday. We'll be looking forward to round one. Obviously Friday, we'll be recapping round one, looking forward to round two. Uh, and also, on Thursday night, NFL Plus, uh, which if you haven't subscribed, definitely subscribe to that. We've got an alternate broadcast to the main broadcast. Uh, Rhett Lewis will be hosting. Mark Ross, the former Eagles executive and Giants as well, will be with us. Cynthia Freeland, our analytics expert. Uh, yours truly, I will be playing the role of uh, information guy. It's going to be kind of a mock uh, draft room is the way that they're doing cool. it. You know, Mark Ross will be the executive, Cynthia with the analytics. And we're going to kind of, instead of, you know, instead of the whole show, of the draft because yeah. we'll, we'll, the way we're playing it, you know, make a pick. We'll talk about it for 30 seconds and then we'll kick it forward. Kind of the whole night kind of look forward. Hey, what do we think from this next pick and moving on? And how would you do this if you were in the room and all that stuff? So if you're interested in that, we'll be on NFL plus keep us up and keep the main broadcast up. Watch it all. Very I nice. Like That's it. why we have Ultimate TVs broadcast. and, yeah. TVs and like tablets. Uh, yeah. We'll have you, we'll have you up on the tablet, Mikey G. Uh, and if you need someone to drop by and, uh, drop you off a hoagie or something like that. I'm about three miles away from the studio <laughs> in Mount Laurel. So uh, drop it. me a text, say, Jody, I need a roast beef <laughs> and cheese. I'll get it to you, all right? boy, Love it, Jody. Thank you for that. Mike, thanks, buddy. No, thank you for jumping on with yep. us. Have a great time Thursday and Friday. Uh, we'll be keeping you on the tablet as well. Appreciate you jumping on our tablet with us today. You got it, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Mike Garofolo, NFL Network. And to be honest with you, I just... It fell into that last question. I just really was kind of inquisitive as to what he was doing. Yeah, Mount I Laurel. Know, I, no, I, I didn't no even know the promo uh, for what he's going to be doing, and he's a matter of minutes from my house. You know, uh, I so. I don't. You know, obviously, I I'm not paying that much attention to broadcast. I always say so, but I I didn't know. I it was interesting. I thought Mike would be, you know, I never thought of that before because in studio would mean Los Angeles, and obviously. He's he's a local guy, so yeah, Mount Laurel. I forgot they, they, they're Mount never Laurel, in Mount Laurel anymore. Mount Laurel Studio for yeah. uh, broadcasting on Thursday and Friday for the NFL Network. But you got to have NFL Plus if you want to catch Garofolo. All right, Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We still got a solid uh, fifteen minutes left to go here on Bird Street sixty five. So stay with us.
Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Your Mega Mag guys here on Birds 365, uh, closing out a week. Next week should be fun. It's draft week. Uh, draft play. week. Get draft a couple week. of quote unquote draft experts, mock draft guys uh, before we get to Thursday and the actual start of the draft. So uh, looking forward to next week. Thank Mike Garofolo for hopping on. I got to give you props. You tried, Johnny Mac. You tried to get the the number two guy out of him. And I really did believe him. We talked earlier about uh, what you do and don't believe at certain times of year and guys giving you uh, non-answers and or flat out lies. Uh, I don't think Mike was lying to it. I don't think he was covering up. I don't think he knows. I don't don't think if Howie's got a number two in his mind, the way that he's working behind the scenes and there's someone who's his uh, uh, number one confidant, I don't think Mike ever followed us. Yeah, no. I well, I don't know. So neither I, do I. I. <laughs> no. But that um, was an, uh, a good question by you because Mike has over the years uh, been able to break a eagle story or two. So he's got a good eagle source somewhere. Don't know if it's Harry Roseman or someone else, but uh, yeah, I don't don't know that it knows. And uh, I'll be very interested to see if you and or any other media guys can ferret it out after the fact. Maybe, just maybe, down after the draft is over and done with, you can get something off the record as to how the 
actual machinations of the draft worked. Yeah, probably not. Uh, but you're very good at what you do. So if anybody can do it, I got faith in you, Johnny Mac. But it's leading into the draft. I think it's one of the more fascinating questions uh, right there with who the Eagles are actually going to select, how they're going to go about uh, getting ready for the selections that they're going to make. Yeah, I mean, and we'll 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 know at some point. It might be uh, twelve months down the line. It might be you know two years down the line. We'll know at some point how it all shook out. But um, yeah, it'll probably take a little bit um, before you can sort of uncover the rocks for these types of things. But um, look, there's you know, there's been so much uh, turnover which is a good thing from the perspective and how he talks about this all the time. Like other people want your people, you know, that shows that they have respect for the organization. Mike mentioned some of the names. I mean, we're going back to, you know, people forget Andrew Berry and Cat Rache and, and never mind Ian Cunningham and Brandon Brown and Joe Douglas. And all the way back uh, to Joe Douglas. Yeah. That's Andy, where Andy, it all starts. Andy Weidel. Um, on and on and on and on and all these guys and, and even, you know, lesser scouts um, um, have, have left. Uh, it's, it's, it's sort of an underreported story because there's a bunch of new people in charge and, and, you know, given out those assistant GM titles um, and, and just, you know, there's a lot of promotions, just guys who uh, and girls uh, uh, who have been in the organization, but have now have higher roles. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's a, it's scouting is because it's not as public facing as coaching and players. And, you know, it's a really, really important part of the organization. And there's been a lot of change there, a lot of change. Speaking of Joe Douglas, um, Aaron Rodgers is still not a Jet. Uh, and <laughs> we, we've been talking about this for now months since the uh, Aaron, Aaron came out of the darkness and said, yeah, I'd like to be a Jet. The darkness. Uh, and, and there's been speculation as to what it would take to get a deal done. And the Jets have made moves that seem to make you believe that they're going to get Aaron Rodgers but they don't have Aaron Rodgers yet. Uh, you and I talk about this all the time on the show that uh, deadlines kind of push actions that when you get up against the deadline, things seem to start to happen. Is the draft a deadline? And if so, is it a deadline for either the Jets or the Packers? I guess it's, it's certainly one for both, but who is it more of a deadline for? If I were the Packers, I'd want players this year. I want that. I wouldn't want to wait 12 months for whatever compensation I'm going to get for Aaron Rodgers, I would say uh, the Jets have the advantage going into this week. Will they take advantage? Will the Packers just settle for what they need, or will they go hard line and go, uh, yeah, no, you're not giving us enough. We'll we'll make you wait for Aaron Rodgers' services. I think it kind of depends on whether the Packers think he's going to show up. Now, typically, he wouldn't show up, right? And, uh, you know, so they might up, be... He shows up late whenever the day... Yeah, I mean, exactly. Daniel feels like. Exactly. So that, I think they're operating under the fact that they have till training camp, when, and that would be the true deadline, because they don't want him showing up to training camp and paying him $60 million. So um, that, to me, is the drop-dead date, obviously. 
Um, but yeah, you bring up a good point. You, you, you generally want something now rather than later. Although, you know, the, the Packers are a good organization as well. You know, maybe they look at next year's draft and say, eh, you know what, that's a better draft. It's not that important to us. Uh, the, the, the immediacy, the urgency, um, but I, you know, let, 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 let me push back on you a second. Didn't make the playoffs last year. Not going to have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'd like to get better. Like now, not say. Well, what what I'm saying year. is the Packers are a very sort of like the Eagles. They're very disciplined. They know they're taking a step back. I mean, they're but they're not going to panic. They're not a bad organization. They're not going to do things out of character from how they have built that. That's one of the most stable organizations in the NFL. Um, and they deserve a lot of credit. I give them a lot of, you know, crap every once in a while because they've been lucky Oil. at the quarterback yeah. position, but they're really a good organization. They're in the conversation. You know, I would say the Eagles are, they're, they're top five with, with along with the Eagles and, the Patriots have been for years, obviously, and Baltimore, but things have gone a little bit south for them. They have a good reputation. Um, but overall, the the bottom line to me is they don't want them showing up. So if Aaron wanted to, to fix this quickly, he would just show up. And they want no part of that. Uh, but <laughs> they're probably pretty confident that he doesn't want to show up to Green Bay in the spring. Um, that's my guess. And, and they have a little bit of, of room from that standpoint. Uh, but that's just a pure guess. They don't want them showing up though. All right. You mentioned the best organizations in the league. You think the Eagles are one, you think the Packers are one, you think the Patriots are one. How much do you think that played into yesterday's stop start announcement that Matt Patricia was going to be joining the Eagles staff I don't think he was hired off his tenure as the head coach of the Lions, although Sirianni did say that a former head coach is not a bad thing to have on the staff. Um, yeah. How much of it do you think is that, yeah, the Patriots have been one of the best organizations. He's been part of that. If he can bring that and add that to our organization, it's a good thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out the connection. And that's, you know, I haven't figured it out yet. I'm sure somebody has. Um you know, typically you, you meet a coach somewhere along the line, you develop a relationship and, you know, I don't, I don't, they're both New York guys. I don't know how close Matt's from Cheryl, New York. Maybe, you know, you're a New York guy. Cheryl. Uh, I dated a Cheryl once, but that's the only Cheryl I know. There's a Cheryl, New York. He I, went to RPI. I think people know that. Um, RPI right across the uh, the river from where I went to school. Albany. Yeah. Um, oh, I know RPI guys. Uh, was uh, no, I, I I would guess I'm older than than Patricia. I was going to say maybe we maybe we're the connection. And uh, he and I got drunk at the Long Branch Tavern in Albany. <laughs> uh, he. Uh, so he was, he, he's 48. Let's see. I'm looking, uh -huh. you know, a little, obviously a little older a, than the coach. He spent a ton of time in new England and then it was Detroit and then back to new England, you know, college, it was just, you know, RPI Amherst Syracuse. So, 
you know, Nick's from Jamestown, New York. So I don't, I don't, I don't know where the connection is, but somewhere there has to be a connection. Exit nine on the New York State maybe. Thruway. That uh, maybe, maybe no idea, no idea where they uh, cross paths. But uh, yeah, that was that was fun for you yesterday on uh, being able to catch it on the website. How long do you think it was up there that Matt Patricia's bio was on the Eagles website? Not more than uh, two minutes, you know. And I felt bad afterwards because. Um, you know, I hope I didn't get a web person. You know, they probably pe- published the wrong web page and we just happened to get there at the right time. And you got to do your job, though. Sure. I hope so. You know, if Bob, Bob, if you're listening, do don't, not don't be firing anybody. No, I mean, come on. You know, we happen to be on it. We saw it. We did our job. That's it. There's a reason we call McMullen the Grim Reaper because he gets people fired all the time. And yeah, I think <laughs> the Grim Reaper might have hit again yesterday. Anyway, we'll put it on McManus. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Timmy Mack, the guy who you were sitting there with at the time who got the screenshot of it to show the proof that Matt, Matt Patricia was going to be an Eagles coach. We'll, we'll make Timmy Mack uh, be the bad guy in this scenario. All right, McMullen, what are you doing this weekend? I know you'll be writing 22 wow. articles for uh, 42 different yeah. uh outlets um, all, all draft stuff. all draft all the time plus you know gotta talk about gotta write about howie and nick as well from yesterday even though you know when is your when is your only mock your mock point one um uh wednesday wednesday, wednesday. Okay. i'll put you it out put it out just before that's all you gotta do is uh day of and uh, of course he will be here wednesday on birds 365 as will i you want to come in on monday too you want to do monday and tuesday leading up to wednesday i'm planning on it you know okay all right if if you're going to be here i'm going to be here i'm not i'm not begging you uh and i appreciate the fact that you're not begging me but we're going to beg for this week next week should be fun we'll have a whole bunch of draft guys rick saratel will be on uh maybe we'll try our guy ian cummings uh as well uh, so, uh, yeah, plenty of draft lead up. McMullen will be digging his heels in about no B. John. Oh, by the way, he's probably going to be right. Uh, so uh, if you're. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm liking that Mike's on board with me, too. Mike Garoppolo's on board. Yeah, he was. He, and he was pretty strong about it. Yeah, he was what, pretty strong. What about I know it. of of the yeah. Eagles, he used the word "no," yeah. uh, and when you go "no," you're pretty strong. He was so. pretty strong. They yeah, make was. fun. Of, and by the way, Mike is correct. They make fun of teams that put a lot of assets into the running back position. And and I do think it's. Uh, I asked him about the overall class. I think there are two very good running backs in this class: Bijan Robinson, Zach Charbonneau. And I'm a Charbonneau fan over Gibbs. I think people are overrating Gibbs. Oh, by the way, Eagle fans, if uh, the Eagles take Gibbs, yeah, you're gonna, you're going to get a guy. The Eagle fans aren't happy me, with me this week. They say I've peed on their cornflakes a couple of different times because of that. Man, they're they're never happy with the me, Hertz so. contract. Welcome to years the club. four and year five, uh, and uh, the dislike of Quez Watkins. Which, hey, by the way, Quez. Both the coach and the GM. Oh, took oh your well, back we, we should have talked about. We, we should have talked about. Quez went off on Twitter. Did you see that? No, he was what like, I'll, be, "I'll, I'll make you all eat your words." Uh, really? Of, I think there was a, a Quez doing smack so. talk on social media. I yeah, didn't catch man. that. Yeah, Olamide coming in, uh, lighting the fire under Quez Watkins. Hey, if it works, it works, man. Good, uh, okay. good for him. 
Good yeah, for him. exactly. If if Quez, if you if you make me eat my peanut cornflakes, I'll be happy for you, buddy. I'll, I'll be ready to tip my hat to you. Yeah, Quez had a flat out bad year, and if I'm projecting and predicting, I I think he's talking a little smack. More power to him. Hey, Quez admitted he had a bad year, so you know. Well, when you admit that... it, then you go out and you put it in the rearview mirror and you yeah. uh, outdo yourself the next year. We'll see if that's the case. All right, J Mac. Uh, I say we do this again next week. You're in. I'm in. Let's do it. Be right back here, Birds 365 Monday, which is in two and two days. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.